I actually have the opportunity to be connected to people more. And that's been something that I've really enjoyed over the last year is those limitations seem to be opened more now that we have, you know, these virtual tools to be able to connect with people. As Mercedes said, and I also think about other other folks who might be more shy in person who actually have benefited from the opportunity to connect with people virtually. I think it's, it can feel like a safer space in many ways. And I think that's a great way to sort of make connections and then eventually meet them in person if you, if you have the opportunity. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Katie. And you're listening to Urban Speak, created by the team at Urban Systems. We're speaking with fellow urbanites about the creative and innovative ways our practice areas collaborate to better serve vibrant communities. We all know we have a special language here, so it's time to let the world in on it. Thank you all for joining us today. This is the fourth episode of Urban Speak, which is weird. We've been, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus here, so it's good to be back. We've all been navigating hybrid work situations for the last 19 months, and we should all be pros by now, but we also know that it's not that simple. We're hearing across the organization that every urbanite's flexible work experience has looked different, and we're heading into a winter where, where we will continue to define what flexible or hybrid work means here at Urban. This episode is dedicated to hearing stories of your work experiences during the pandemic. We'll also be using Urban's long hallways to answer your questions related to all things flexible work in a new segment we're calling Dear Urban. With us today are a panel of hand-picked flexperts representing a variety of different lenses into the different facets of flexible work. We have Jade, Arignon, Mercedes, Braun, and Ryan Segal. So going around the virtual table, can you please introduce yourselves, what traditional territory you're calling in from, and how you would describe your role to an eight-year-old niece or nephew at a barbecue? And Jade, we're going to toss it over to you first. Thanks, Katie uh, and Jen for having us. Uh, I don't know about being a flexpert, but I will do my best. Uh, Katie, you did a great job. Jade, uh, Aragnon is the English pronunciation, and Arignon if you want to be really French with it. Uh, although I did get married a month ago, so I should probably start using waters, which is <laughs> a little different for me. Uh, I'm calling in today from the traditional and unceded ter territory of the Okanagan Silks uh, people here in Kelowna. Uh, and how would I describe my role to my eight-year-old uh, nephew or niece at a barbecue? I have a hard time explaining it to most other urbanites. I feel like Urban Matters still feels like a bit of an enigma for people, but what I might say is that we help communities with the kind of stuff that you see in the news, like the big, messy, sort of complicated problems that you see in communities that uh, people face and that uh, we're still trying to figure out how to solve. And so our team focuses on, on those things. And my job every day is to show up and see how I can support our team in doing that as best as they can. Thanks, Jade. Uh, Mercedes, we will pass it over to you. Hi everyone, um, Mercedes Braun. I've been with Urban Systems for almost 18 years. I've been really lucky to work in many of the branches across Western Canada. So I'm really excited to be here today. I'm branch steward in Victoria, as well as for Courtney. I'd also like to acknowledge that I'm in Lankford today within the traditional territory of the Coast Salish people. 
In describing my job, I, I'm the same as Jade. It's been many years people ask me and I explain it and uh, they still look somewhat confused <laughs> when they walk away. But if I had to try and explain it uh, to a child, I would say that my job at Urban is supporting and helping people grow in the work that they do and within the communities that they work in. Part of leading, teaching and guiding those people within urban systems about our important business practices and needs, which would probably still be too technical, to be honest, <laughs> the best way I could describe it. I think you nailed that. <laughs> Thanks. And Ryan. Hi, uh, Ryan Siegel. I'm a planner based in our Winnipeg office, which is located in Treaty 1 territory on the original lands of the Anishinaabe, Cree, OJ Cree, Dakota, and Dene people, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. My job is I'm a planner, and I would describe it to most people as I do the Sims, but way less fun. So doing lots of different projects every day to help communities whenever sort of problems they're dealing with and sort of realizing their long-term visions and plans. That's a really nice description. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And it makes a lot of sense knowing what your role would be like technically described as. I think that's a really nice way of putting it in layman's terms. I would also like to acknowledge that I'm calling in from Kamloops, which is the traditional unceded territory of the Kamloops to Shwetmik people. And I will also pass it over to Jen to say hi. Hello. <laughs> I also am so down with the Sims analogy, Ryan. Um, as a former roller coaster tycoon fanatic, um, <laughs> that really resonates, uh, as well, also as a planner. But before I dig into that, I definitely want to acknowledge that I'm recording from uh, Mokinsis, which is the Blackfoot word for elbow. And this references where the Elbow River and the Bow River meet in what is now uh, known as downtown Calgary. So Mokinsis is uh, a gathering place for the Nitsipi people or the Blackfoot Confederacy. And so I honor and acknowledge that yeah, I'm recording and call this place home, which is Treaty 7 territory, the traditional territory of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Kainai, and Pakani nations, as well as the Sutina and Nakoda nations, uh, and the home homeland of the Métis uh, Region 3. So that closes out our round table of introductions and appreciate all the sharing of what you do day to day. And I know it's it's tough to wrap up in a, a single <laughs> introduction about what, what all our work encompasses. So we wanted to just once again, toss things around the table and get your different experiences and perspectives with hybrid work relative to your role, uh, both within urban and on an individual level. So as we heard a little bit from the introductions, we have a bunch of different perspectives here on this call today. So Mercedes, you have a great branch steward perspective. Ryan, you went through an office move in the middle of a pandemic, and we've heard some fun stories um, of the things that have come out of that. And Jade, Urban Matters was a fully remote team before COVID even happened. So curious to know if anything has changed around your experiences with, with flexible work? Has it stayed the same? Um, so whoever wants to jump into that first. Well, maybe I'll just start off by saying that, you know, I think hybrid work has provided many with the opportunity to, you know, balance important priorities, but as well as like goals personally and professionally. From my perspective, it's been a really positive shift actually for many people, which I know at the start of the pandemic, we probably never would have looked at it that way, but I think we've had opportunity to learn a lot 
from the new tools that we've integrated to how we want to spend our time when we're in the office or when we're home with our families. But my feeling is it's been a very positive shift. And have you found that that's made any impact on your, I don't want to say day-to-day duties because that doesn't really exist here at Urban, but has that changed your experience relative to your branch steward role? Well, I'm always late for meetings. <laughs> That's what I'm finding. Um, but uh, no, just kidding. But yeah, it is a bit trickier when you're in the office and you're still conducting quite a few virtual meetings. Like I think that's something that I've noticed, still learning how to do better. I think I actually have the opportunity to be connected to people more. And that's been something that I've really enjoyed over the last year is those limitations seem to be opened more now that we have, you know, these virtual tools to be able to connect with people working remotely or, you know, on the road. I think it's been, and I said positive before, but even for myself as a branch steward, I, I like the ability to connect with people. That's why I love doing this job and it just gives me that chance to do it. Something that I've appreciated and, and maybe it's a kind of speaking to that connection piece is just the, I don't want to say the leveling up, but a bit of that around being able to have teams, for example, as our kind of baseline platform and be able to have like face-to-face calls. And so there was a lot of phone calls beforehand, but now with teams and being able to have almost face-to-face meetings and that be kind of the, the baseline that we're working off of. And hearing from friends in other organizations that having video on isn't the default, whereas within urban systems, I've, I've seen that that really is a lot of the time, depending on connection issues and those sorts of things. But I would echo some of that um, connection, Mercedes, around being able, like being able to see people in different offices, I think has been a pretty a powerful or positive shift from my perspective with the flexible work element that's coming into play. Oh, agreed. And, you know, we'd often stare at the small little icon picture that might have been taken 10 years ago (laughs) of someone and wonder, is that what they really look like? And then you meet them for the first time and it looks, they look totally different. (laughs) You're like, okay, I didn't expect that. I think it, it is an important part of connection and relationship building and just being able to get to know someone, you know, you can be very present over a video call, uh, but being able to see someone, it just kind of takes that to the next level. I would totally agree with that. And I was just sort of reflecting on that as you said it, because I've met everyone on this call before, but only online. And I feel like because we, you know, we've interacted through video, I actually feel like I know everyone on this call, even though we've never met in person. And that's so interesting. And I have worked on a few projects as a subconsultant with other firms that don't have their videos on, and it's it's quite strange. So there is something about the connection with video that's important. As you mentioned, Katie, like the Urban Matters team, right, which is just about 15 full-time staff, was working remotely before. And I feel like we were kind of like a bit on like of of outliers, like communicating this way uh, when so many people were connecting in person in offices. And I, I remember like being quite jealous when people were getting together for beer 30s and having frequent social gatherings. And for our team, our goal was to all meet twice a year. And that was sort of our benchmark. And we knew that if we filled our cup twice a year, that it would be enough to sort of sustain the relationships in between. And so I I totally agree. You can be extremely present and connected and vulnerable and share your experience and show up as your whole self at work through video. 
And I will also say it's exhausting. There's so much more. There's all this science that shows that your brain has to work three times as hard to try to pick up on body cues and body language and things going on around the room and, and trying to you know figure out how the other person's doing or feeling through video is, is tiring. As much as it brings us a ton of benefit to be able to, to connect this way, it is all, there's also a trade-off, which is that you might be on 10 Zoom calls a day, back to back to back. And now that I think about it, that's probably sh- how I should have described my job. Uh, to, you know, the, the kiddo at the barbecue is like, I somewhere between five and 10 Zoom calls a day or Teams calls or whatever medium, right? Which is really different than how we used to work. And so uh, it's really interesting to just see how everybody adapts to that and to, like Mercedes said, think through what supports we can provide to all different kinds of urbanites and where they're at on their journey of, of exploring and understanding and enjoying uh, hybrid work. Did you find then that the volume of these Teams calls, Zoom calls, Slack calls increased once the kind of rest of the world started working in a flexible work environment? Or has that stayed pretty consistent for you and your team? Well, it went way up. It for sure went way up. I think the big difference there is that the clients also went virtual, right? And so all of our clients were now okay with sort of meeting this way. And I know it's something we've been thinking about is how do we ensure that we still have, we're still building those deep trusting relationships with our clients, even when we can't see them face to face and they're learning the same time as we are. So in a way it's sort of like, leveled the playing field. Your clients got their kiddo and their dog and, you know, somebody's ringing their doorbells, their Amazon package is being delivered. And you kind of like build this more organic relationship because we're all in it at the same time. I feel like we were kind of like black sheep status before using all of our weird tech. And now it's totally leveled, right? Like everyone's on the same page. No one sort of frowns at me when I send a Zoom link. Everybody's in it together. It's really nice. I remember we had an Urban Matters team member in our in Winnipeg office before the pandemic, and she was always on Zoom, like, what is going on? What are they doing? Like, constantly on the Zoom thing. And then, you know, here we are. So you guys are ahead of the curve. <laughs> Your office, Ryan, seemed to pick that up quite well, though. Um, I think one of my favorite stories that I've heard uh, come out of this this flexible work environment I don't remember why we were talking about this. Maybe it was when we were talking about the office move, but you mentioned that your office would all hop on a Zoom call or a Teams call together and just have it on in the background while you were working through your day. Yeah, that that definitely happens and it's become a bit of lore now, I guess. But yeah, there's times where you just, you know, you want to have a bit of that buzz or that din of just working together. So there was times where a few of us would just, you know, if we're working on a project, we chat and then we just do some work and just keep each other on the call, just recreate that experience, which was quite fun. And we definitely stayed quite connected as a team. We're a, we're a smaller team, so we we're able to still all gather for a Monday morning meeting on, on Teams or Donuts every Thursday. Like we tried to keep all of those things up throughout the whole the whole pandemic. So now that we've sort of gone to this hybrid mode, it's trying to, you know, how can we do in-person and virtual at the same time, even Donuts and we're still, we're trying to find ways to do that just to keep everyone together as a team, no matter where they are. It's a, it's an interesting point, like thinking about meeting people where they're, where they're at with, within the flexible work 
spectrum, I guess, or landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking to a piece that you brought up, Jade, like just the fatigue that back-to-back Zoom calls can create or Teams calls or whatever they may be. And maybe that's trending to what you were saying, Mercedes, about um, <laughs> being late to some some meetings because they're just there's less buffer room in between things, even like the travel time or the decompression time that you may get from like an on-site meeting there just isn't that space for kind of prep and then debrief or it has to be very intentional holds in calendars which yeah is something that I've kind of gotten accustomed to doing now with zoom meetings but yeah curious about how do we meet colleagues I guess who are in different spaces and the fatigue around or like the the exhaustion we may feel on virtual work but also I was mentioning to Katie before our call I went into the office for five days straight and that was like a different type a type of fatigue and was like oh my gosh how did I do this as like a status like norm thing and where do we meet each other in the middle I guess maybe no question or answer it's rhetorical but I've been thinking about that a lot about there's just different types of fatigue no matter what type of work we're within and I'm somewhere in the landscape and someone else might be completely different depending on what their flexible work situation is. That's an interesting point and I I think what I've thought sort of been thinking about is how everyone sort of made more intentional time so if you're in the office it's with, with intention you want to be there because you want to see people and gather and collaborate and then a lot of us do stay home when it's you know I need to just like sit down and do some work today or I have back-to-back client meetings so why would I take those calls at the office. So I think making sure that it's intentional, that, you know, that each being at home and being at the office both have purpose has been really helpful for us. And sort of knowing how to communicate that to each other so that everyone's not, you know, there's an expectation that you're here or not and why has been really useful. I, I totally agree, Ryan. Like, I think the communication piece is so important here. You know, I remember before the pandemic at our last, the last time we were all together, which was at our Christmas gathering in 2019, we had a specific conversation around balance and wellness and what it meant to our team to when you were online and when you weren't and how to communicate that to your colleagues and to hold each other accountable to say, we're not checking messages after five unless you're specifically working on a deadline with somebody and we're gonna hold each other accountable to that. We're gonna try not to book meetings on lunch or if someone has a hold in their calendar, ask them before you book a meeting there, right? And there's some sort of like effects of that. If your whole calendar is, you know, you're blocking your like sort of thinking time or your focus time, it you can then appear unapproachable, right? Like calendars are king in in our world. Then you have all these blocks. And if you haven't communicated to someone, hey, just check with me before you book a meeting, but chances are I'm totally fine to take a call during that time. If you don't have that important communication piece, it can feel a lot like isolation and disconnect. And uh, that's what you want to avoid sort of at all costs. So communicating through all of it of sort of where your boundaries are and holding each other as a team accountable to that is super important. Ryan, I'm curious to know too, how much of that, if any, kind of played into your design of the new Winnipeg office space? Like have elements been brought into that? That's that's a good question. So so yeah, we, we moved offices in September. So we went from an 800 square foot little sort of rental space to 4,000 square feet. <laughs> so a big Whoa. jump and we actually doubled our team during COVID as well. So we, you know, we all sort of were in this virtual world and coming back to an in-person place and we actually don't have our furniture yet so we don't even we won't even know how it all works out (laughs) but a lot of the design was sort of based around those sort of notions of like focus area and then collaboration space so we really have two dedicated spaces in our office so one is you know this is where you work and then let's go grab a coffee and have this whole half of the office to really collaborate together which was really important and 
being together was sort of the big the big theme around everything, but having focus space as well was really important to everyone. So first batch of furniture arrives tomorrow, so I'll let you know I'll let you know how it goes and if it if it all manifests and works out works out well. But I think what's important is when we're coming back is that people have a chance to just be together and hear from each other. And that's the thing I think is lost in a virtual space is you don't just, you can't pick up on conversations that are happening between two other people. And you, that sort of osmosis and, and learning through that is, is lost on, on teams unless you jump on all day and <laughs> sit quietly on a call. But that's something I think why people are coming back to the office more now is to have that learning from each other that's not as formal, but just being around each other is helpful. Fully agree with Ryan's approach there and thinking just on those kind of principles and desires for people to return to the office. Definitely that focus base has come up quite a bit. Really solid collaboration areas for teams to come together, work together. But another thing that pops in mind too is just having, you know, spaces that are flexible and adaptable because we've learned so much over this last year, but I think we have a lot of learning ahead. Some ways of thinking, you know, from Victoria as we're about to expand a bit more into another base is that as we plan furniture and the types of areas that um, we're hearing uh, are desired, that we're keeping in mind that they probably will change again (laughs) a little bit or we'll learn something new. And I think, you know, again, being adaptable, kind of being okay with the fact that things are going to keep evolving and changing for us is really important when planning future spaces or if you're in that process right now. Yeah, I'll agree with that totally. That was the main thing we said to the designers, like we need to be able to like pick up and leave if we if we had to. But really it's the idea that we can shift around the office if, if we needed to. So all our furniture is flexible. It can, it's all, you know, modular and can move around and we're not stuck with one setup because you never know what the future of the office is going to look like. We've learned that over the past two years, especially just trying to keep distance. But as we learn more how we work together, I think things need to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And we can use our space really like effectively when we design it in a way that it can adapt to multiple uses too. So when thinking about creating like, again, those focus or collaboration spaces or, you know, areas for fun might also be used for larger gatherings, you know, once we can do that more frequently and different ways of utilizing the space, I think that we'll find that it'll be maximized better if we can think that way a bit can't plan everything for the future, you know, but we can do our best to think as far as we can and just be ready to keep going and changing as needed. Yeah, I think a fun perspective on flexible work too is is just how our space has effectively doubled from physical space to physical and virtual space, having flexible teams, having fully remote teams, having these different workspaces around our our different branches and even just on our in our different teams in our offices so thank you all for sharing your perspectives on that i would echo too something that's encouraging to hear from this group is that we're not focused on going back to the way it was before we're not thinking like how do we fit the virtual space in a in a previous way of working that we're, we're, we're thinking about evolving and being dynamic in the way we imagine just work. Um, maybe we'll like cut off the flexible piece. <laughs> It'll just be uh, <laughs> the work piece. Okay, we're getting into the Dear Urban 
section of the podcast. So I'll do a bit of an intro into what this is. And um, it's a brand new way of kind of thinking about the podcast. So appreciate you all navigating new waters with us. We were curious, as Katie was saying, about the uh, experience of urbanites across the organization, about what flexible work has looked like for them and not just looked like, but like resonated, felt highs and lows. We wanted to hear the stories, but also we wanted to understand questions that people had um, as we started to think about flexible work going forward. A caveat, no definitive solutions or direction or guidance in the true urban way. We're just providing some interesting context to an evolving uh, topic that we're all interested in, in, in hearing more about. Maybe we'll get into the first question, which is from Pull Up Patty is the submission name. And I'll just read out the the context of the question. So Pull Up Patty stated that they started relentless pull-up routines uh, during the pandemic in their garage while working at home and enjoyed doing pull-ups during mini breaks throughout the day and was able to complete more consecutive pull-ups than any other time because of this. So the question that Pull Up Patty has for the panel, is it practical or possible to get to know a person entirely through Zoom? Or is face-to-face essential when it comes to developing a meaningful relationship with a new colleague? So not necessarily Pull Up related, but (laughs) curious about about the panel's thoughts around if face-to-face is essential and uh, where you land on this. I think that's a great question. And I'm going to use Ryan as my real life example that Ryan and I have not met in person. We've been growing a friendship and a new colleague relationship over the last couple months, being really deliberate about getting together, having really focused present time together. And yeah, just just creating space for that. So I, I think it's possible. I do want to meet Ryan in person one day for sure. And it's about really being deliberate about the plan to grow that relationship with someone, doing it frequently. You know, uh, I don't think you can really know someone after one interaction, whether you're in person or not. So if you think about when you're making a new friendship, it's the same kind of thinking, but just in a virtual platform in my mind. I'll definitely echo that. Could you imagine if I said no, that I hadn't forged any relationships right after that? <laughs> That'd be so sad. But I, I definitely I definitely think you can, as Mercedes said. And I also think about other, other folks who might be more shy in person who actually have benefited from the opportunity to connect with people virtually. I think it, it can feel like a safer space in many ways. And I think that's a great way to sort of make connections and then eventually meet them in person if you, if you have the opportunity. But I do think it's totally possible to, to forge connections. And we're even more fortunate to have video, but you can do that through email and text too. I definitely think it's totally doable. It's just about being dedicated and intentional and really focused on those interactions, as Mercedes said. Jay, I feel like you've got... Um... You, I, I'm curious to know too, like, obviously your team has the option of going into their nearest urban systems branch if they want to, but having a virtual team, have you had any difficulties building those strong relationships or has it just kind of been the norm? I, I don't know. 
don't even know that that's an or. I think it's an and. It's become our norm and. That doesn't mean that it's easy. I would echo what these two have said. Like, I, I totally think you can. I think our whole team is living proof of that. A group of humans that's rowing together, like, towards the same impact collectively, even though they've never met most of them in person, which is uh, really cool. I think that specifically as this relates to onboarding, like recruitment and onboarding, you know, of sort of explaining who it, who we are as urbanites and what it is that we're hoping to contribute here and how we like to, to work and what we like to, the impact we're trying to have in communities. My preference is always to onboard in person to sort of build a bit of foundation and then build off of that. But we have definitely onboarded staff in the last two years that we've never been able to get together with. And so echoing what Ryan and, and Mercedes have said, being really deliberate about creating this space. And even if it's a little awkward, just naming that and saying like, you know, hi, uh, I can see into your house now. So nice to meet you. <laughs> um, and I think just sort of showing up and, and for me, you know, as a sort of, uh, you know, coach on our team or whatever you want to call it, right. Uh, sort of role modeling that, you know, showing up as my whole self at work and not being afraid to sort of talk about what's going on in my life and around me kind of creates the space for people to feel the sa safe to do the same. And that's when you kind of get past the surface level, like, you know, transactional project talk. Then you get to like, how was your kid's dance recital? Or I saw you went, you know, you went somewhere last weekend. How was your hike? And that was, you know, that was important to you. And so once you get to that point, I totally think you can forge really strong relationships online. To add my two cents on to the end of that as well. This is Jen and I's fourth podcast episode together. Our conversations have been exclusively virtual. Some people on this call know a little bit too much about me. And most of that comes from just virtual connections. So having, I mean, I started, yeah, a week before everyone kind of went home. And that was such a scary thing to experience. I didn't know how I was going to meet people. I didn't know how I was going to build my network. But I think the shared experience of the pandemic for everyone and, and kind of going through that change period together has built out almost a bit of a grace period where people understand that it's a little awkward to just call someone that you've never met and say, hey, I've never met you. Let's talk. Like, that's such a strange concept that I think if I was told that's how I would be onboarded before I started, I don't know if I would have stuck around, you know, like that's because that's such an intimidating concept. But I think it's through virtual platforms like Teams or Zoom, I'm able to have connections with people like Ryan, who is a few provinces over that I otherwise might not have met in my first year or two years at Urban or however long it took me to hop on a plane and, and fly out to Winnipeg. Um, so I think it's opened more doors for connection than would have been opened organically pre-pandemic. So pull up Patty. The panel's <laughs> recommendation is you can definitely do it. You can definitely build meaningful relationships. We're hearing deliberateness, purposeful connections, whether that's over Teams, text, phone call, and being okay uh, to show up as your whole self and kind of face into those awkward moments together. So next up, we have Half and Half Hero. 
um, who writes, Dear Urban, with flexible work, the quality of internet connection can be an issue, especially if you're running complicated software. But overall, I love having the ability to work about half the time from home and half the time in the office. I really hope we aren't strongly encouraged one way or the other, uh, as it's such a personal issue. I've heard such a wide variety of opinions around it. And Half and Half Hero would like to know, they enjoy the normalization of virtual meetings since it encourages collaboration between people in different offices and clients that are a distance from your office. Everyone is more willing to jump on virtual calls now instead of getting lost in long email exchanges. Half and Half Hero would like to know if anyone has any tips on how to keep this integrated moving forward. So how to keep virtual meetings integrated versus long email exchanges or lengthy commutes. I think we're just we're going to be forced into it a bit just because our clients are enjoying it too for the most part and I think about colleagues who are flying, you know, across the country once or twice a month or even more to have a meeting that can used to be this meeting could be an email now it's you know could this be a Zoom call. I think the clients are enjoying that, that connection that connectivity but they're also, you know, it, they're saving they're saving money on paying consultants to fly out and they're getting the same quality of work. So I was just on a call with a client today who said going forward they're moving to full-time virtual meetings for consultants from out of town because it's it's working for them. So I think not forced into it, but I think we'll see it becoming increasingly popular or just the sort of the norm. I agree. And I think just part of that learning is instead of sending an email or like over Cisco, you know, you have a, a conversation, you come to solutions much faster or you generate ideas that you probably wouldn't have if you were communicating over email. So there's so many benefits of that, too. I think where we can get more people on board is just like being really mindful of their time. And so when we're setting up meetings, making sure that we're not like every day or twice a day, you know, trying to get them. but being mindful of their time on that and also having clear objectives of why you're meeting. Then people will be really on board to get together. And yeah, you'll probably find again that it'll be more efficient and uh, you'll come away with a bit more if you have those virtual meetings. Yeah, and I think it's also developing sort of tricks and different tactics to engage people on those calls and, you know, things you wouldn't think about that are normal in person and different, you know, even going around the table to introduce yourself. Someone has to call out names now because you don't know what that order is. And, you know, those things we didn't think about. And one thing that, that Jen inspired me to do is to start DJing my meetings. So I play music <laughs> at every meeting now when, you know, as people are coming in and we're getting started and it totally changes the mood. So I think it's about, if we're going to be doing virtual meetings, it's finding ways to make them more interesting and exciting and yeah, worth everyone's time and having those techniques to keep things going. I heard that there was a, um, a, a client workshop where uh, during the breaks there was a request for favorite songs and like there was a Spotify playlist like growing throughout yep. the meeting and um, yeah so I I think it's a I think it's a hit yeah I have like um, yeah, asset, I have a bunch of asset management workshops playlists on my Spotify now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just totally screwing up the algorithm exactly like, yeah I don't know why yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that um. I've taken away from thinking about this flexible work as we're seeing some colleagues in office, some colleagues at home, and same with clients, uh, is being very clear about where the meeting is taking place. I think there's been an expectation that for the last few months that a team's call is just included. And sometimes there's been some meetings where we've really wanted people to be in person if possible. Um, and so being really clear, like if you're, if you're able to get, be here in person, great. Um, this is the location um, or, uh, but including the team's invite as well, or the zoom link is, 
in addition. It's just been an interesting switch around. I think before we assumed an in-person location, pandemic happened, we assumed a virtual location. And now we're in this like a periphery space of having two locations a lot of the times in meetings. And so being really cognizant of where my physical body should be for specific <laughs> times of the day is um, something that I'm paying more attention to uh, in my in my calendar tactic that we used in another meeting, um, not to be totally sharing every tactic for every meeting possible, (laughs) a a way to bridge virtual and in-person, but we were, it was mimicking in-person, was to know the participants who were in the meeting and create almost like a round table using circles just in a PowerPoint. And so instead of someone calling out, okay, it's your turn now to speak, it was really evident to everybody on the call who the order of um, round table and I found that echoed that kind of in-person okay my chair is next and gives people that time to think or know with a kind of their their place in the order so maybe a, a hot tip or just me being the engagement specialist deep down inside that I am <laughs> sharing some experiences that have been been helpful Thank you, Hafnaf Hero. Shout out to you for submitting a question. Uh, we're going to move on to mostly office, dot, 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 mostly. This submission says, Dear Urban, I have found that the best place to VPN in from is hanging out on the couch doing reading slash research for a project with no distractions. The worst place to VPN from is my vehicle on a hot summer day surrounded by sewage lagoons and no air conditioning. Mostly Office would like to know, will office space continue to be available for those who desire it? I sure hope so. As a person that doesn't have a physical home, um, that would be well, pretty... you have a home, Jane. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? I don't have an office home, and so that would be pretty devastating if we didn't. But no, you know, I, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the call, and the fact that we have two, you know, like awesome colleagues here who are designing office space with people in mind, I think that sort of answers that question, of course. I think it's just about communicating what each individual's needs are, where they're, you know, they find themselves most productive you know what their desires are and keeping that those lines of communication open as that might change as people adapt and journey through age and stage uh, of their careers at urban so yes mostly office mostly uh for sure there will be there will be space available uh for collaboration always it's a fair question because i know there's lots of companies that are getting rid of their physical offices. And from what I'm hearing in our, in our team, people want to be in a physical space, even if it's not 40 hours a week. I don't think it's going away for, for urban systems. It could maybe for others, but I think that our spaces will just sort of morph to sort of be a physical manifestation of how we like to work together. And I don't think they're going away. Yeah, I fully agree. You know, I don't think that desire to to be together will ever change, you know, like we'll always want that opportunity for that in-person time at some point in our week. And I think it goes back to, again, our thinking around being like allowing these spaces to evolve and change, right? Instead of kind of reacting quickly, as many companies did during the pandemic of saying, okay, we're all going to work from home from now on. We took the time to kind of feel it out, some trial and error and better understand like how this could possibly work with flexible work. And I think that was a really good move. And uh, we would definitely lose a bit of that special atmosphere, culture, peace if we were to get rid of our offices. Thank you all for your perspectives on that one. Uh, Mostly office. I believe that you will be able to continue being mostly in the office moving forward. So thank you for (laughs) submitting that question. Next up, we have I want a puppy. And don't we all? 
Um, so they write in, Dear Urban, I spent the first year working from my boyfriend's kitchen on a folding table with a dining chair. I still went, quote unquote, to work, but it was a five minute drive to another residence. I sat right next to the pantry, which was perfect for snacking, um, but somewhat challenging for work. I now have a dedicated office in our basement with a sit-stand desk, two monitors, a real office chair, and a window for fresh air. I work from home a few days a week and go into the office regularly as well, and I love having the options to do both. Now I'm just debating when we should get a dog so I can leverage this flexibility to help with the puppy stage. Um, Jade knows all about that right now as she's fostering a lovely puppy right now. Um, but I want a puppy wants to know, is this ever going to change? Does each office have their own perception or level of encouragement for the hybrid model? Is everyone going to move to Hawaii? And before I pass that around the panel, I will say, um, no, you can't all move to Hawaii. And if Nicole was, was on this call today, um, I'm sure she would point you to the memo that went out about how we would need to then pay taxes in every different country that we were working from. So please everyone stay in Canada. Um, but other than that, I'm curious to hear what your perspectives are on just how, if this is ever gonna change. I think we've touched on this a little bit previously, but if there's anything that any of you want to add to it. Well, I got a puppy <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> So I can say it's uh, be careful what you wish for. I, I got a COVID puppy and now he has anxiety and I can't leave him. So I'm trying to learn how to create a hybrid lifestyle around my dog. So it's, it's definitely great for the puppy stage, but you got to be careful. I think, yeah, I think the hybrid work model is, is here to stay in some way, just so people can take care of their priorities in life, but still find time to be around each other and working in person when it makes sense and when it's, you know, intentional and that focused, dedicated time, as we've said before. So yeah, I think it's going to, for us at least, sort of stay the same. And if you need to take your puppy to daycare, you can do that. <laughs> I think I've kind of always said that I feel like the offices, you know, I haven't traveled to all of them, but I've been to a few and I feel like they're like kind of all siblings of the same parents, but they all have like slightly different vibes, you know? And so uh, for sure, I think in each office, based on how big the team is and how, you know, used they are to how used to working together they are, or how maybe how long they've known each other, or what the dynamic is. Every office is sort of, you know, uh, approaching this a little bit differently. But I just want to give kudos to our, you know, our branch stewards and our leadership team at Urban who have worked really hard to show up uh, transparently and to encourage conversation and dialogue around this, you know, ensuring that messaging is as consistent as possible and also leaves flexibility so that in your own geography you can do what's best for your team and I think that just uh, it just goes to show like again how much our our teams are in tune with what's going on with our people and that that care component that's so important to say like we're not going to blanket statement this it's not going to be the same every person has to be here Monday Wednesday and then on Fridays you have to be here for half the morning right like no one's doing that Instead, they're really just doing a, a lot of listening and learning and adapting, testing, listening again, trying again. And there's a lot to be said for, for how hard that is and how valuable it is to all of our humans. I just want to add that I think it speaks to sort of the, the trust we have in each other and in our teams and the trust from our leadership groups and that accountability piece, which, you know, that, that sort of paradox of freedom and accountability, I think, really is evidenced in, in the hybrid, you know, sort of trust we have with each other. And that's not, that's not necessarily the same everywhere. So there's, there's no stigma around that, around trying to, you know, find what works best for everyone. 
Okay. Awesome. I think we've, we've dug into it. Um, I want a puppy. I think we, we got the answer for you. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Um, not to the, not to the puppy portion, but maybe the other portion. Fair. There. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. All right, we'll move on to Curious Porridge. Dear Urban, I found that returning to the office rather than working full-time from home is helping me reconnect with old colleagues and build new relationships with new teammates. This is a big part of what leads me to like my job. Curious Porridge wants to know, how are people working from home full-time working to maintain close relationships with colleagues? So opening it up to the panel, I know we've talked about a few kind of tactics that we've been using. Curious to know if if you've been engaging with colleagues working from home full time and what they've been doing to maintain close relationships. I think for myself, what Jade said earlier about showing up as your whole self is what's been key for me, not being afraid to make a mistake, not being afraid to jump on a call with people that I've never met before and make a bunch of awkward jokes because that's just like who I am. So showing up as your whole self and making other people feel comfortable to show up as their whole selves has has been instrumental for me in helping build and, and maintain those close relationships with colleagues and also not being afraid to slot in a meeting in place of something that you would have as water cooler chat. So if I'm looking to connect with someone after they've, they've come back from vacation, that's something that would have been the norm if I bumped into them in the office. But for some reason, you know, booking a meeting in, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, this is time that I should be working. Like, is this okay to have that connection time? It's important to strengthen those long hallways. It's important to maintain those, those close relationships Um, by showing up as your whole self and being deliberate in setting time aside to do some of those things that would happen maybe more organically or more casually in a physical office setting. Yeah, I just want to shout out Mercedes and team here. Uh, I remember at some point during the pandemic, there was a like a wellness newsletter shared around that uh, their office had put together. And I I think that's just a perfect example of like how far people are willing to go. Teams are willing to go to care for each other and provide resources. And like, you know, even if you were mostly uh, working from home at that time or you were in the office, you had equal access to that resource and to that information and to those opportunities to go try out a, a restaurant or a recipe and then share that experience with your colleagues. And so like, you know, they were very thoughtful in thinking through how to include everyone. And I think that's something we're going to have to keep building on is, you know, now we're having meetings where half people are at home and half of the people are in a room together. And we know that can be exclusionary for the folks that are at home. They're missing the water cooler talk and the breaks and they're missing the chatter in the hallway or the, you know, the sort of coffee break. And so being like, you know, as you mentioned, Katie, being really deliberate and just and thinking through how to be in, inclusive and making things accessible for, for everyone moving forward is, is really important. And I just will say, Mercedes, that resource was awesome. And I know that other offices have copied it since then, um, but sort of taking the initiative to do something like that is, is huge. And it's uh, what makes us all keep getting better and learning and growing constantly. Oh, well, thanks so much for that, Jade. There are so many awesome people involved in thinking that through. And it's funny because it evolved from brainstorming sustainability. 
And we were like, well, what about the sustainability of our people and our wellness and our health? And that's where it kind of evolved. And I have to give credit to Sean and Brendan because they came up with the platform. <laughs> so they were like the original technical guys behind it. But um, yeah, it just, I was thinking earlier when we were chatting just around like, you know, what makes a great meeting. And it's always about showing care and expressing care and, and fun. And I think whether we are at home or we're in the office, we all need to be deliberate and putting in the time to create space to connect with people who are there, but also with people who are not there. And some of our technology is supporting that really well, like the Teams rooms is helping with that. So um, gives a chance if someone is stuck home. Like today, for example, I had to be home due to a sick family member, but I didn't lose the chance to be with all of you today or connect with colleagues in the office. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a really good point about um, keeping connected and something that you're bringing to mind Mercedes and thinking about including folks in different meeting styles like I was recently in a um, meeting where I was one of the only folks virtual I not only joined on the big conference board but someone else logged in um, in the team's chat and then um, kind of like like everyone passed my head around um, to be able to see different things on the board. And it was a really, way, really fun way of interacting with people because people would kind of like dart in and like say, hey, and then the meeting would continue. And then I would see what people were t- talking about with um, sticky notes on the board, finding those little ways to include people and, and that sustainability piece about how do we add fun and, and keep each other included in these like hybrid work situations is, a, yeah, such a good point. Um, and and kind of triggered that memory for me earlier this week. One thing that we're really curious about, which we touched on a little bit throughout these these viewer questions, but if there was one element of hybrid work that you could carry forward indefinitely, um, regardless of if in some strange alternate universe we are mandated to come back to the office full time or everything goes virtual, but what if there was one element of hybrid work or flexible work that you could carry forward indefinitely, what would it be? I think I would say my, my, my lunchtime walks. There's something about being at home and doing a neighborhood walk that feels a little bit different than um, getting up and going for a walk around the office building. Um, so I think if I could um, have something that's permanently changed or indefinitely changed, it would be that I have the motivation or the wherewithal to actually get outside at lunch. Because sometimes if, I, if I'm not intentional about that, I don't end up leaving the house if I'm working virtually. And that is, that's not a good vibe for anybody. I would say my my lunchtime walks and getting outside would be something I would um, like to continue. I'm going to pass it on to Mercedes. This is such a tough one for me. I feel like there's so many, so many great things about having the flexible hybrid approach. I was thinking just about, again, interaction. I really appreciate the ability to connect closer and more with people. So I don't want that to change. And I think as we're we're doing this longer, probably could get comfortable not to maybe have those connection points when we are maybe working remotely or again with those in the office to those not. So I, I'd love to see the strong connections that we've built through this pandemic to continue forever. Uh, those relationships and those fun moments of passing the head around, you know, in a meeting to music, to really spending time with each other when we can, whether it's virtual or not. I don't know if that is a good one, but it's definitely close to my heart. I love it. I think it's, I think it's a good one. I think mine is kind of a similar vein. I We just had the Foundation's second annual trivia night last week, which was awesome. And I think it's events like that that I would really love to continue indefinitely. Those company-wide long hallway 
virtual events where instead of it being something that's more regionally focused, you get to connect with people across the provinces, whether it's Trivia Night or the upcoming art auction, seeing all the different art pieces that different people have submitted or last our, our Unite call last year where we had over 500 people on one Zoom call. So incorporating some of those elements of extra long hallway togetherness, I think would be great to move forward with indefinitely. Oh, totally. And we've we've learned how to do it really well, haven't we? Like if you look at last year and even just the trivia night this, you know, that we've had in the last week, it uh, it just shows that we can come together as a large large organization. And uh, these are a couple ideas, but there's probably a ton more out there that I'm excited to see grow and evolve or, over the coming years. Okay, I've got a bit of a cheesy response. So my, my husband works shift work. He's a, a firefighter. And so uh, one thing, you know, for, in terms of flexible work is the ability for me to be at home and for it to be quite normal for me to be at home. So adjusting my work day based on, you know, when I'm most productive. I'm a morning person. So like bright and early, like 5.30 a.m., my brain's like, hello, time to work. <laughs> and so sometimes I get, honestly, I get my best work done and some of the stuff usually that I've been procrastinating on for a while uh, done between six and eight before anyone else is up and, and pinging and there's things buzzing and emails flying in. And so the combination of being able to, you know, if my partner comes home at 8 a.m. that day because he's just worked a night shift and I can then go and sit and have breakfast with him and have some, you know, quality time, and also arrange my schedule around what, you know, when I know I'm most productive and most efficient in supporting our teams. I think that that combination for me, I, I really hope uh, will last and I truly trust that it will. You know, maybe the next day it ends up looking like four or five meetings in the office, grabbing lunch with a colleague and like the total variety of that. I, I appreciate uh, in each of those moments, ensuring that it's the, the most quality interaction that it can be. The flexibility in flexible work is amazing uh, when you think about it. I'm going to cheat and give two answers. The first one, I was really impressed with everyone's adaptability and learning technical skills. And I think, I hope we keep that sort of spirit of continuous learning to, you know, use the software we have and not sort of shy away from those things. Because I think we all rose to the occasion and figured things out or slowly figured things out. But I'm really impressed with how we all learn new technologies. And I think we can bring that into our everyday work and how we interact with each other in the future. And then the other one is that continued sort of foundation of trust with each other. I think this really past two years have reinforced that. And I hope no matter where we sort of work physically, I hope that that continues on. And I know it will continue on, but I think we've learned more and more that we can trust each other to do work when it makes sense and what's most comfortable. And I hope that continues. I think through the shared experience of, of growing our technical skills, we all have our um, learning curve stories too. Like I think that there's the, those stories we can all um, share um, that, that bring smiles or a groan of like, oh, I've been there. Uh, I know what that, I know what that is. <laughs> I know what the feel is. So our last question is something we asked to all the panelists in previous podcasts too, um, but we've just added a slight variation to it for this topic. And that is, uh, in your opinion, what's what's a game-changing trait of a consultant? And has hybrid work or flexible work put this into a different perspective? Trust and adaptability are ones that we've heard before. 
if you want to build on those, if you want to come up with your new ones. Yeah, I was just thinking the same. The ability to build trust and develop strong relationships. And then an important part of trust and relationship building is really like the staying close and connecting frequently with our teams and our clients. And now that we have the tools to do this so well virtually, I think we can even do it more, which just supports so many of our clients that maybe we couldn't get to before, right? Or in more remote areas. I just feel like that connection is so strong. And also like that opportunity to be more present and engaged where maybe we would have felt that there were barriers before, right? I don't think it replaces that in-person time. And I think throughout this podcast, we've talked a lot about the opportunity for that virtual and what it could mean. Like I still think there's so much value being together, but I think it's in addition. We can do these things more and as part of building that trust and strong relationships, it's spending and investing that time together. One thing I've, I've heard from some clients or new clients is that they, they find us, you know, fun and friendly and nice to work with. And I think that goes a long way in getting, we're a newer office and building a new market here and getting a foot in the door and getting, you know, building those relationships. People want to work with us because we're just nice to work with. And that's, that's, that's really important beyond anything. I mean, we're doing things like zoning bylaws and, you know, things that aren't that exciting and to have someone that's just smiling and bringing some energy to the room, I, I think is, you know, goes a long way. Hmm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck somewhere between listening and vulnerability, which I think they're very closely related. But I think um, sort of like empathetic listening and, and vulnerability in this day and age like goes so far beyond. It's sort of like an upskill required for, for everyone now, right? You have to be able to pick up on these things and converse in this realm and have this like social IQ to kind of figure out what's going on on the other end of the screen. And I think that if you can, if you can listen and be really attuned to uh, your client or your community's needs or, or what you see going on around you, you know, sort of observing and then with humility and vulnerability, approach that challenge and and seek to sort of co-create a solution. I think that's a that's a game changer uh, in terms of creating long-lasting, sustainable solutions in community. I think that was a pretty epic round of answers. Thank you all for contributing to that. We know it can certainly be hard to kind of quantify that that essence, that spark, that thing that makes us and our colleagues stand out from from the rest so thank you all for sharing that and thank you all for being here today we really appreciate you sharing your perspectives and helping demonstrate how flexible work and people's experience with flexible work has been so different with your different offices with your different roles with your your different personal perspectives we really appreciate you showing up and helping be kind of that sounding board to some of these questions that we've been hearing Thanks for having us, guys. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to see everybody. And very unintimidating, right, Jade? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's nice to push yourself every so often, you know? (laughs) Comfortably uncomfortable. (laughs) Totally. Tens around the table. Tens, 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 tens. And Mm -hmm. that's a wrap. I think... Oh, yes. sorry. I think you're all like <laughs> legally allowed to call yourself flexperts now. <laughs> Sweet. Right, I'm adding you. it to my card. <laughs> yes, your urban resume. Mercedes Braun, flexpert. You've been listening to Urban Speak, created by the team at Urban Systems. If you have thoughts on the topic we discussed this episode, or if you have suggestions for future episodes, 
please connect with either Katie or Jen. Our doors are always open.